All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. It's a nice Friday morning here. Thank you for joining us. We finally got the sweet spot, Tim. Usually we're always a couple hours behind the news. We finally got it. The other shoe has dropped. Evander Kane has been absolved of all of his issues with the COVID issues crossing the border. The AHL, the NHL said nothing conclusive. We can't find anything So he is free to sign with anybody. As soon as that foot dropped, Ken Holland fired some papers over to Evander. He signed them right away. Evander Kane is now an Edmonton Oiler. It is finalized. The ink is dried. He is on his way to Edmonton, projected to play this weekend. Not really surprising. Everybody expected it. I know there was a few other teams sniffing around, but by last accounts, It was the Capitals and the Oilers were the only two teams that were really interested. And the Capitals a few days ago said, you know what? We're done. Maybe they bowed out just because they knew he was going to go to Edmonton, but they bowed out and that left Oilers kind of the only suitor and Evander signed with the Oilers. And here we are. It's go time. It's real. He is an Edmonton Oiler. Evander Kane will play hockey this season. Much to my chagrin, he will suit up. Number 91, what do you think? Is this a big bombshell like everybody is talking that it is, or is it just going to be no issues? Evander's going to go to Edmonton, mind his P's and Q's, and away we go. Um, I would like to think that this will be incident-free for through this season in terms of Evander headlines or anything related to not on hockey, unless and – and, I'm you know, we'll get into this. He – he t- I watched the interview last night that he did with Kayla Gray of TSN, and it was pretty legit. It was in-depth. Uh, I thought it might be a little bit of a fluff piece, and, and it wasn't maybe – he didn't answer every question, but she asked him straight up, like, did you go to Canada when you tested positive for COVID? Did you cross the border? Did you abuse your wife? Did you do this? Did you do that? Um, and, he, and he answered most of them. Some said he said he couldn't because of legal reasons, and I don't know. I, I'll get into that more. But one of the things that he said was um, – allegations always come up at critical moments and in terms of like um 
the the off season starting, right? Or like training camp starting, all these things will come in from this person or that person. He said it's not a coincidence. This is like targeted, like timed attacks. Um, my point being that we might see something coming from the third party here, but I think he's going to be on his best behavior. Um, I think he wants to prove something. He's obviously <clears throat> playing for a contract. His reputation's on the line, so I think he'll. I think he'll. You know stay in, in his lane for the next couple months. I think it's funny that he's like, these are targeted attacks. They always come in at the perfect timing. Every time I signed a contract, I didn't have a barrage of allegations thrown at me. No, they come at you because you've done bad things. Let's not just play the victim of Andrew Kane. No one else in the whole world is having to deal with a barrage of attacks. They're targeted. They're coming after me. They, they're coming after me, Tim. It's like, no, you deserve some of this. So I don't want to get into the Evander bashing, but I agree. I think he'll be, I think he'll be great this year for Edmonton on the ice. We saw this with San Jose when he got traded there. There was a lot of red flags surrounding him then as well. He'd already been ran out of Buffalo or he was getting run out of Buffalo. He had been ran out of Winnipeg and they were shipping him off to San Jose. He, he was on his last year of his contract. He went into San Jose. Played great. Played 17 games, nine goals, five assists, 14 points in the stretch run. Everything San Jose wanted and more. He was a a beautiful example of a power forward. He was strong. He solidified their second line. He was a good, good player. Because of that, Doug Wilson signed him to the big deal in the offseason. Seven years, seven million bucks. He went all in on Evander, and then it just exploded in his face. Three years after that, they're releasing him. The timeline, let's just go over the timeline of this year. We'll we'll get everyone caught up to date. October 5th, start of the you know preseason, the NHL begins as their investigation of Kane over allegations that he's used a fake vaccination card, which is insane. Like how he shows up with a cardboard cutout and he just drew his picture on in crayon. Like it's just ridiculous. So I'm a Vander, it said I'm I'm vaccinated. They didn't buy it. They figured it out on October 18th. He got suspended for 21 games. Kane made a statement saying he made a mistake. One, I sincerely regret. And he pledged to receive counseling toward making better choices in the future. Do you think he went to counseling, Tim? And do you think he's making better choices? I bet he went to at least one session. I bet he he went to one session. It took a bunch of pictures and different shirts. And he's like, go to counseling again. (laughs) I love this place. (laughs) Half day at counseling today. (laughs) So funny. So when his suspension was over, everybody was just, where are we going to do? What are we going to send? Where are we going to do with Evander Kane? Doug Wilson, all of us, like he was gone at that moment. I think he got COVID and he went away. He just didn't know what to do. They sent him to the Barracuda, sent him to the AHL. He went down. He played pretty well. He played five games there. I don't know how many points he got. I think he got eight points in five games. After his fifth game, he tested positive for COVID, and he entered the AHL COVID protocol. Everybody gets COVID. It happens. So while he was in COVID protocol, allegedly he decided to take a trip to Vancouver. He was in like the eighth day of the 10-day quarantine. He goes to Vancouver. The Sharks find out about this. They void his contract. Another thing, he was supposed to be back on the team December 28th or 29th. He didn't show back up until January 6th. So there was a lot of just things going on where it was like, okay, what's where's Evander? Where has he been? Why is he not here? What's happening? And during this time, the Sharks were looking for any reason to void his contract. They, they did not want him on his team, and they saw this opportunity. So right after this, around January 9th, They voided his contract. The NHLPA filed a grievance right away, 
And then Kane was floating in this no man's land from January 9th until this point. He's just been sitting in Vancouver, working out, preparing, hoping that he'll get a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth chance. I don't know what chances is for Vander, but hoping he would get another chance. The NHL finishes their investigation. Edmonton signs him right away. So that's how we get here. And now he's in Edmonton. He's going there right now. I find it interesting the players' responses because they're in a tricky spot right now. They are obviously struggling. They've won the last few, albeit in overtime and shootout, respectively. So they're not playing amazing hockey at this point, but at least they're starting to pile up some wins again. They're off of the, the schneid, so to speak. I think they had a seven or eight game losing streak. They're winning some games. So they will make the playoffs most likely in that weak Pacific division. It is, uh, I try to put myself in their shoes. Connor McBride gets up to the podium. You know all of the rumors. I'm sure Holland has approached him. I'm sure Dave Tippett has approached him and talked to him about Evander Kane. And the reporters want to know. Connor's the guy. He's the face of the NHL, you know, potentially. What do you think of Evander Kane, Connor? And he just, he swings and misses. I, I, I don't like his responses. Duncan Keith, not much better. Do you like it when they just ignore the elephant in the room and they just keep it strictly, you know, he's good on the ice. We're really going to, you know, need him out there. He's a strong physical power forward. He's a good hockey player. And they don't speak to anything off the ice, even though that's the only reason we're in this position, why anybody doesn't want a Vander on their cane. If he didn't have any off-ice issues, there would be 31 teams lining up around the block just with bags of cash trying to give it to Evander because he's that good on the ice. He's a very elite hockey player. Do you like their responses? Does it bother you? Because it bothers me. I mean, what are they supposed to say? I'm sure they're honest. I'm sure they're told don't answer or say anything about this, 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 or that. Just you can talk about only what he brings on the ice. And and keep it general and keep it vague. They, yeah, they, a, I'm sure they had marching orders. I don't know. There's I, a way to be. There's a way to be professional and a way to be honest. So it would, it would be refreshing if they would come to the podium and they were posed with this question, and they would say, you know what, Evander's got a really rough past, and we know this. He's had a couple rough spots in his career in San Jose, in Buffalo, and in Winnipeg. We're hoping when he comes here, he can be the best player that he can be on the ice. And off the ice, he works well with our team because we know he has some issues and we're going to work with them and we're going to try to do our best to keep Evander on point. It, 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 but just to ignore it, it, it bothers me. It really irks me because you know the more you ignore it, the more the reporters are just going to ask questions about it. I think if you address it right away and say, you know what, he's got a pass. I understand that. Everyone's got a pass. This guy, he's done a lot of crummy things that I don't like personally but I'm going to not hold that against them. And we're going to move forward from here. That, it, that would be, that would squash everything like it or lump it. That would be your answer. And you'd move on from here. I don't like this wishy-washy sitting on the fence junk where you're just left on. Unsa- I'm, I'm so unsatisfied. That's what it's all about. I'm like, I don't care if he's good on the ice. I know he's great on the ice. That's not the issue. That's not why San Jose has bought him out. It's because he's a, Terrible teammate in the locker room. There's a reason San Jose didn't want him back in the locker room when they could have desperately used him. That's a reason. He wasn't a great teammate for two and a half years. Like, there, there's, we know this. You know this, Tim. We've spoken to these people. 
There's a reason Winnipeg ran him out of town and he got his clothes drenched. There's a reason Buffalo traded him for pennies on the dollar to the San Jose Sharks. All of this, it's it adds up. And to just ignore it, it just irks me. And Connor McDavid should have done a better job. Duncan Keith should have done a better job addressing this, in my opinion, because now they're going to be asked questions throughout the whole year. How's Evander assimilating to the team? Is it going good? Do you guys like him? Has he done anything? Where does he sit in the locker room? How is he on the plane? Does he always have his phone out? What is he doing? What's his nightlife like? Where does he live? What does he do after practice? This is going to be nonstop until the end of the season, until they address it. That's my opinion. I want to talk about the interview last night. So he, it, I don't know when it was recorded, but it was released last night, um, an interview on TSN with Kayla Gray. And it was really interesting. And, and I kind of went into it knowing that, like, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a fluff piece. I'm going to walk away from this 34-minute interview, which is worth watching if you're interested in the story. Um, I'm going to walk away from it thinking, okay, he gets a bad rep. It's not as bad as it seems. Um, I never heard his side of the story before, yada, yada, yada. And, and there was a little bit of that. And I, I think usually how these things go is he's they're, they're usually not as bad as they might seem. They're not as good as they might seem. They're somewhere in the middle. Um, and these things tend to take a life of their own. So I understand all that. He was asked about some questions. Like I said, it was super direct. Like, for example, one of the first things she asked was, what we always hear with Evander is maybe this isn't exactly true but where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And there's a lot of smoke surrounding Evander Kane. And he was like, yeah, I've been hearing that. We said that on the show. And he's like, yeah, I've heard that for years said about me. Um, and I would just ask the people look at the facts. He said that many times. He's like, I'm not interested in this or that. Or what he said, she said, I'm interested in the facts. And he had some interesting points because he's like, you know, the ex-wife allegations. And he said he was actually the first one to file for, um, domestic abuse charges against her not the other way around and he's like you know i i know what she said on social media i know what people think but look at the facts we went to court and i got sole custody custody of my daughter i'm not going to talk about the details of that but think about that right because like all the evidence was supported and i was the one who was taken that, that got her and she doesn't anymore she's like so look at the facts like that's that's what happened. And there's a reason that that's the, that's the result. And there are things like that. So I thought that was interesting. And I think there's there's so much more to the story that we'll never know. The other part that I thought was interesting, too, was the the idea about the teammates and especially they didn't say it, but they're referring to the article from Kevin Kurtz out of San Jose a couple months ago on The Athletic, where he talked about like quotes from players about how he was a bad teammate a bad influence in the locker room. They didn't want him there. They, they remember the, the article they said they yep. went to the Doug Wilson saying, we don't want him back. Don't bring him back. Yeah. Um, and there were no names, but we, we have some suspicion on who those guys were. And he's like, so she's like, that article came out. Did that surprise you? Did you have any inclination of, of, of teammates not getting along with you of, of the ownership, not wanting you there? And he said, no, it took him completely by surprise. All the, 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 uh, the feedback was positive. All the reinforcement was there. He thought he was, he's like, I, I, you know, he said there was one or two points that was, he said he knew there were only like three or four guys in the room for an incident that they're talking about. So he knows who spoke up. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't the whole team. There was only a couple of guys that could have shared that story. So that's disappointing to hear. And, and, and I, and I feel that, but I also, the flip side is like, I can see in his responses, in the way that his brain works, why he gets into these situations in the first in the first place i can see like oh there's some ego there there's some misplaced um 
energy. There's some there's some strange like worldviews that he's projecting that just in the little things that that in, in in the right situations he responds the wrong way or he does the wrong thing, and that's why he gets in these, into these troubles. And I, you know, it's just it's such a complicated it's such a complicated thing because people are complicated and. Um, I, I do encourage people to watch because it was really interesting and, and I'd love to know what your takeaway was, but the, the, the long and short of it was that he didn't answer some of the harder questions. He said, either I'm just not going to address that or I can't address that. Um, but it was interesting. It's only part one. I guess there's a part two coming out. Uh, I'm curious to know, John, you should watch it sometime and, and let me know what you think. But it was, it was, eye-opening to see him respond to that but i don't know that we really learned a ton of new information which i guess in retrospect i'm not surprised by yeah i i'll check it out i know his answers are probably coached and calculated he went in knowing what he was going to answer and how he was going to respond and things but i think vander's just a selfish person i think we've seen that like when he's asked a question he always passes the buck or oh I, i not me man like it's somebody else and it's not his fault it would be good if he took ownership and said, you know what? I messed up and San Jose teammates didn't like me. I, I was aware. Like, it's just, it's never his fault. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch you know the what? interviews. So maybe I'm, I'm missing the mark. I, you know, I'm a huge history buff. I want to just, just real quick. Uh, one of the great like disasters in, in military history is Custer's last stand, right? That general George Custer leading a troop into native American territories, whole yeah. division is wiped out. Um, one of the famous his one of his like subordinates who didn't come to his rescue when he realized that he was a losing cause um, when he was asked what happened that day later, because he survived. He took his little detachment away and he's like, I'm, I'm getting we're getting out of here. He said mistakes were made. And it's like this famous example of not owning up to it. There's no there's no there's no actor attached to that statement. It's just mistakes were made. That's all he says. And it's just like you, you can read about that. Um, but that's what Evander kept saying last night. It's like mistakes were made and unfortunately obviously it's an unfortunate situation he said that line after every question obviously it's just you know it's unfortunate and that's what he said and then mistakes were made so there's still like some pass in the buck and i don't know if that's the coach answer i don't know if that's a a narcissism you know take on that whole thing but um yeah you can like i said there's some things you can see in his response you see how his brain works and why this stuff keeps coming up yeah he's he's not taking responsibility for anything it's obvious. We'll see how this works out, Tim. I don't know. At the at the end of the season, after the Oilers lose in the first round, what what do you think happens with Evander? Do you think he hits it off in Edmonton? Projected lineup right now, I have him slotting into the first line with Nuge and Connor. You think they're going to put Hyman with them? Either one of those guys works well. I think Nuge works better just because you know Evander's game. I think plays well with those two rather than a two workhorse guys with Hyman and Evander. What do you? He, no matter where he slots, do you think it works out for him? I have to say, I'm not convinced they make the playoffs. I'm I'm really not. They're in sixth place in their division. They're a couple get points behind San Jose, a couple points behind Calgary. What they have going in their favor is that Calgary has played four more games than or San Jose has played four more games than them. And and LA has played four more games, five more games than them. So they could squeak in if they get hot and and those teams start to lose. It's definitely in the cards, but they could easily go the other way too. They're only one point ahead of Vancouver, who keeps winning. They beat Winnipeg last night. Um, so statistically, it doesn't look great. Now, I would like to think that they do, and this is certainly going to help them. Like you said, they've swung, strung together a few wins in a row, but I'm not even convinced they make the playoffs, which would be just a disaster for the NHL and Connor McDavid's whole 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 thing. But I think I think he plays well. 
And I'm curious though, the big question is anyone going to give him a long-term deal or even like multiple years, I, you know, two or three, I could see being the max. I don't think anyone's going to want to attach himself for that long. We see it just keeps blowing up. What do you think? Well, yeah, he, he's not getting any younger as well. He's 30 years old now. I think if he'll end the year. If he plays with, with, with McDavid for the last 40 games, he'll get 45 points. He'll sign a nice four or $5 million deal for three, four years, and he'll be fine. But um, I think Edmonton will make the playoffs. They're too good. They're better than San Jose. They're just as good as Calgary. They're like, they're, if they can get decent goaltending out of Koskinen, which he's played good the last three games, all he has to do is just not let in bad goals. That's all you have Beach to balls. do. Save yeah. the ones you're supposed to save. And they have enough offense up front now with Kane. They should make the playoffs. They should. But, um, yeah, I, I think he'll be, a, he'll be a church boy. He'll be great. There won't be any issues from him. I think he has a lot at stake. He's broke as a joke. He's probably got a lot of debts. He knows this is his last chance to make a big, big ticket deal. And if he plays well, Edmonton will re-up him. I think McDavid will want him riding shotgun with him for a few more years. And that's my prediction. I hope I'm not sure. I hope it blows up in their face and they finish at the bottom of the division. But they're too good not to. Like Honestly, they're too good not to. All right, let's move on from this. It's fun, but hopefully he plays this weekend and we can talk about it on Monday. All right, Arizona in the news for some reason. It's good reason why they're in the news, right? It has to be. Arizona, it's, it's a feel-good story. No, it's not. It's not. What's the story coming out of Arizona, Tim? So there was a report yesterday that the Coyotes are in advanced discussions with Arizona State University, ASU, to use the university's new multipurpose arena as their temporary home for the next three to four years. Three to four years. That, stadium- that doesn't seem temporary. <sighs> the stadium holds 5,000 people. Oh, nice. When, <laughs> I mean, when's the last time, you know, before you retire that you played in front of arena of 5,000 people when you were as a, 15 as years a, old? As a professional hockey player, I can say I've never played in a rink that seats 5,000 people. In the NHL, that's insane. But yeah, the last time I played in a rink that small was my rink in college. It seats yeah. around 4,000. So it's crazy what they're proposing here. Am I the only one thinking that this is just, it's a bad look for Arizona. It's making them look like a, just a joke of a franchise. They're going to play in a rink with 5,000 seats. And we'll get to the Marshawn tweet in a second. Cause this guy's been on fire. He's winning Twitter. Like it, it's just amazing. Just the absolute dismantling he does to Arizona. But why, why are we doing this? Why are we trying to force a square peg into a circle hole? It's not working in Arizona. It's not. Everybody sees it. They've been here for over two decades. It's not working. The fans are not coming to the games. The players don't like it. Nothing about Arizona is working. Why are we doing this, Tim? We're not making any money in Arizona. I think it's a pride thing. Gary Bettman set out. He wants to build hockey in the South. He put teams in Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Arizona, he really wanted to be the guy who put hockey in the South, put his stamp on the NHL, and he is digging his heels in, and he is a stubborn little twerp, and he's not just saying, you know what, we made a mistake. Let's cut bait and get out of here. It's There's no good reason why they should have a hockey team. And I played in Arizona. I love the city. They, they don't deserve to have a hockey team. The fans don't like them. It's a football town. It's a baseball town. And now with the Phoenix Suns, it's a basketball town. Hockey has no, 
there's no more slices of pies for the NHL in Arizona. It's a big college town. I, I just don't see it happening. I saw a funny tweet saying that this must be like some like money laundering front for Batman or something. Like there's no way that <laughs> they're making any money. Like what? And yeah, I think there's some pride and ego there because like, gosh, I don't know. I can't. They just keep drawing a line in the sand and saying, okay, if it doesn't work, maybe we'll talk about it. And then it continues to fail. Like the fact that they're going to a small college arena for three to four years, they're talking about like, what is that? You think it's going to get better there? When they're playing in a small college arena, it can only this could blow up in their face in the way that if they do go to this college arena and they don't sell out and they're playing in front of like 1500 to 2000 fans every night, it could be the worst decision that they ever make. At least you're in an NHL rink. You're you're in an NHL rink, regardless of the number of fans. This this is terrible. They're going to have to give tickets away to students. Maybe that's what they're hoping. They can get the students to go to the games, but they already have the ASU Sun Devils. They, they like that D1 hockey team. That's a new team that's there. It's relatively, I think, five years old now, and they're a good hockey team. So the students are going to go to those games rather than the AH. It's, it's, it's a, I almost called them an AHL team because that's what they are at this point. But um, what did, Wait, what did that Marshawn say? Okay. Hold on. Think about this too. What, what is that team going to be able to do for the next five years? They already have enough time signing people, right? But, like, is any free agent going to go want to go play there? Like, nobody. You're going to get guys on the, the end of their deal who have really no other options. And I don't say this in any disrespect, but the Andrew Ladds of the world, the Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, I know those, uh, those other guys were trades. But, like, that's, that's the talent that you're going to hope to get. That are young guys that don't have other pathways as well and homegrown talent. Like, no one's going to want to sign there. What's – how does that differ from what they've been doing the last 10 years? Oh yeah. But it's worse. Like you just know that it's worse than ever. I don't, I don't know if you're a young kid. I'm like, I'll go live on campus. Yeah. ASU's got some like, just, it's a beautiful campus. You know what I mean? It's a Lots beautiful, of beautiful things on that campus. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a young kid, you're single, well, you could take classes. You could earn your degree. It'd be great. <laughs> it's just a uh. win-win. Right, let's get to the Marshawn thing, because that's the, re- the real reason why we're talking about this. So some guy, Matt Coleman, is he a reporter yep. or something? He's a Bruins he, guy. He poses a question to Marshawn. He said, what do you think of this? They're going to move into ASU, 5,000-seat stadium. And what is Marshawn's response? <laughs> he goes, well, the only way they get 5,000 fans at their game now is if they give away 4,500 for free, so that wouldn't change much. <laughs> <laughs> it holds nothing back. It's incredible. It's just like, why, why does Brad have to do this? Why? What did Arizona I, do to him? I screenshotted it because I'm like, oh, he's going to have to delete this. Someone's going to tell him like, hey, don't you can't take that down. And it's still there as far as the last time I look. So, wow. Well, there goes his chances of ending his career in Arizona. He's just, he's, he's, that ship has sailed. It's just an epic takedown. Does Arizona even have a social media team? Cause if they do, they're probably just scrambling. How do we respond to this guy? Well, between that and the thing last week with the hurricanes, like he's not just like chirping, like tongue in cheek for fun. Like a lot of guys do. He's going for the jugular and with, with money and finances and, and, you know, the, the core of the fandom, like right where it hurts. So he's good for him. You can only imagine what he's saying on the ice. If this is what he's tweeting. So. Yeah, I know Gary must just be shaking his head. Right now, the NHL is not in a great spot. It really isn't with this Brad Marchand thing. With the, it's hard watching the Canadian games because there's no fans, 
it really is difficult. I don't enjoy watching those games just because it's like, get the fans back in the stadium, figure out what's going on. There's such a great product on the ice and we're still doing this. So I, they need to move past this. I don't know. It, it's, it's not good. This Brad Marchand, that's a good tweet because it sheds light on how junky Arizona is. Get the team out of Arizona, put them in a market where they love hockey. Arizona does not love hockey. We tried it. It doesn't work. Let's move on. Stop trying to force it, Gary Bettman. It just, it's not, it's not going to work. All right, moving on. The Olympics are around the corner. Team Canada unveiled their roster. It's a who's who. It's a who's who, Tim, of just juggernaut stars. I'm very excited. Team Canada is going to get Olympic gold. There are a few interesting names on the roster. Eric Stahl being one of them. Hasn't played at all this year. He's been working out. He makes the team. This is his audition for all the teams in the NHL. This is Eric Stahl saying, all right, this is where I'm at. Who wants me for the playoff stretch run? This is why he's playing. There are a few other players. Is there anybody on this list, Tim, that jumps out at you? It's like, oh, you know, he's still alive. That's interesting. Or is it like I've played with a bunch of these guys. Eddie Pasquale, I played with him. Maxime Noro, I played with him. Jason Demers, I know that guy. So I know most of these guys. They're good hockey players. Daniel Carr, Adam Cracknell. A lot of them have had cups of coffee in the NHL. I don't know. Is there anything worth talking about with this roster unveil? Owen Power is the big name. First overall pick by Buffalo. It'll be fun to watch him do what he does on the big stage. And um, I don't know. I I would assume this is sort of a lower pressure situation than normal with the Olympics. And it's still a huge deal, and especially for him to, to have this opportunity. But like, to get on the national stage, the international stage, and not have to play against NHL talent every night. Um, it'll be cool. It'll be a cool transition for him. And Mason McTavish, another name, that young um, stud for Anaheim. He played a few games, got sent down just to preserve his uh, his rookie status. But he'll be a lot of fun to watch, too. I can imagine them. I know he's a forward, but I can imagine them playing together pretty well. Love Demers, friend of the show. Um, it's funny, too. There's like a lot of names that are like former like Brandon Gormley was a first round pick once in a while. Like Daniel Winnick scored, scored a handful of goals in the NHL. Like these are names that just didn't work out. Still. I didn't even know they were still playing. Landon Ferraro used to be a Bruin. Josh Hosang was, you know, he's got a whole bunch of stories around him too with the Islanders. And, but he was a first round pick and he's got, you know, super talented. So um, yeah, it'll be kind of fun to watch. It is sort of like a mismatch. It's the Island of misfit toys. And it'll be cool to see my, the big question is like, you know, these guys are still obviously super talented and, you know, hockey players. Does this even, how much does this even the odds? Does China score a few goals now? Does, is Canada still the the favorite? Well, you see like some of these Can- uh, European teams that are dealing with like, like Czech Republic, right? They're going to have Krejci and Jager and some of those guys. Are they better than Canada now? Jager's going to be on the Czech Republic? No way. I, I don't, I assume he is. I, I don't know. I haven't heard, but he's, He's putting up a point per game in, in that league. So oh, man, if he plays, that would be incredible. But this is definitely not good for Canada as a whole. If, if they win a medal, that's a win for them. Last, last time this happened four years ago, they got bronze, so it was a good result for them. Russia, this, this, this is a big win for Russia because they have the KHL. We've seen it. A lot of Russian players come over to North America. It doesn't work out. They go back to Russia, and they have success there for years and years and years. So they have 
they have the inside lane for a gold medal here. Germany's going to have a good team. They won bra- uh, silver. The same thing goes with Sweden. They have the Swedish elite league. They're going to have a good team, the Finnish team. They will have good players that go to the Olympics, and they'll be professionals. Canada won't have that. This is a benefit for China. China and Reese released their roster. I think over half of the team was not born in China. It's funny what they did. They like a guy, Jake Chelios. He's an American. He's played, you know, over in China for the last three, four years. They don't put his name on the roster. They they make it like Chinese. So he's like King Kong Kai Hu or something like that. Is that racist by saying that? Probably. Probably. I'm not trying to be racist, but they changed his name to Chinese. So it's kind of cool that they're doing that. I like it. I'm not trying to be, you know, throwing shade. I actually do enjoy that. But no, I think this this benefits China. This benefits Russia. This hinders USA and Canada because both of their teams were going to be all NHL players, whereas no other squad, squad, Tim, you like that? No other squad was going to be totally NHL players. So I, know, I won't watch any of the games. I'll be completely honest with you. We will talk with the Canadian players. I, I've been working that out with, you know, one of their guys, but I'm not going to watch any of the games. So I don't really care who wins or loses. I want to know what the experience is like. What is Olympics like in COVID in China, where it's very strict? You don't know what's going on. China's very secretive of what goes behind their walls. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. I hope Canada wins gold. Do you hope USA wins gold? Yeah, of course. Of course. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to be paying too much attention, though. I do agree. I'm excited to see Owen Power. I'm excited to see how he flourishes. I think you'll have a great Olympics. He's a really good defenseman, Tim. He's very exciting. So Buffalo, they must just be like, come on, kid, pull it together. Darlene is is not panning out like we hoped he would. Let's really no, get this smart. Darlene's he's doing well. He's he's being a point per game lately. Like no. I, I yeah, he's he's a good player. No, not no. He he's not a first overall talent like they hoped he was going to be. He's a good I player. disagree. I disagree. He's a good player, but not a first overall. All right, let's let's do some quick hits and let's get out of here. JT Miller got a hat trick the other night. What do you think? What's his asking say, price for Vancouver? Uh, it's got to be a first round pick at least now. Like he's in case there was any doubt, he scored a hat trick last night on Hellebuck. The the stock price just keeps on rising. So, yeah, I don't know. I think people are still hoping that he's going to stay with Vancouver. Who's more desirable if if you're if you're GM, Hurdle or JT Miller? Miller. I think they're similar offensively, but Miller's game is more well-rounded. I don't see Hurdle dropping the gloves. I don't see him, I don't know, killing penalties. Um, so Hurdle's yeah, first-line PK. Is he? Yeah. yeah I thought you were San Jose insider. Time. No, yeah, not San Jose. Not San Jose? Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's similar. Okay. I like JT I, Miller as well. I like JT. I think he plays a little bit more hard-nosed and maybe yeah. – break even on offensive upside turtle, maybe a little bit more, but yeah, they're both great players. All right. Dowdy gets a thousand games. Kind of surprising. He hadn't hit it already. Don't you think he seems like he's been in the league forever. Yeah. And he stayed relatively healthy too. He hasn't had any long stints, you know, not playing. Um, but yeah, cool. He, you must've come across him once or twice throughout the, Love throughout the years. Love that guy. He was on the all-star game with, with me. We're, <laughs> We're pretty much brothers. Love him to death. Very happy for him. A thousand games doesn't have the same air of just a thousand games. Here's your silver stick like it used to 15 years ago. I said it before. I'll say it again. A thousand games should be 1500 games now. Just how players take care of their bodies, their longevity. You're going to see a thousand games 10 to 20 times a year. 
the more we go on. It has to be 1,500 games. That's that's the new bar. It has to be. All right. Trevor Zegras. Unbelievable. Just effortlessly. does. It's not even the mission goal anymore. It's a Zegras goal. He's done it a few times now. Just the way he does this, this latest goal, he did it last night. It's unbelievable, Tim. Montreal Canadiens were defenseless. They were in perfect position. Savard was on the post. The goalie was on the post. They had they played that perfectly. He comes behind the net, picks it up, just so easy, and just pokes underneath the underneath the bar. It's so incredibly easy. Do we see a rule change because of this? Is this unfair where a player can just pick the puck up and scoop it up under the net? I would not be surprised if we see a rule change coming in the next few years because defensemen and goalies are just like, we can't defend this. If we slash his, slash his stick, we're going to get a penalty because that's slashing. How do we defend this goal? Because right now it's undefendable. Do, you, do we see a rule change coming up? No, <clears throat> no way. And I think, I think maybe you, you allow slashes in that instance. Like you're allowed to whack the stick if he's got it on his tape. Um, but think about like, I was thinking about this last night when and you talked about like how the NHL very intentionally changed the way the game was played over the last 10, 15 years, like getting rid of the fighting, bringing in more skill, more speed, um, more talent and all that stuff. And this is what it has led to. Like, this is the type of player that Bettman has been building towards for the long time. Like, this is exactly what he wants to see. Like, that, the, the highlight real goals, the stuff that goes viral on social media, the, the exciting plays. Like, Trevor Zegers is exactly the, the prototype of what Gary Bettman has been hoping for. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Like, this kid is super talented. He has so much fun out there, super likable, cool, just, like, effortless, like, swag and all that and swagger. And he's just – it's a lot of fun to watch. And I, I – no, I don't think I think the NHL encourages this. I don't see why they should they should try to cut back on it. You know, I don't want to be the wet blanket or the the Debbie Downer to the party. I think they have to get rid of this goal. I really do. I I, I just feel like it, it's a great play. It's very skilled. You got to get rid of it. I think they they will make a rule saying you can't pick the puck up on your stick. Because it just, I don't know, are, are we going to see a, a shrimp goal, a guy coming down the ice and just picks it up and carries it down the ice? You know what I mean? And just carries his stick like lacrosse style, doesn't go above his shoulder and is just stiff arming guys like in football. Are we going to see that play now? I I, I don't know. It, it's fun to watch right now. I get it. But it, it would annoy me if I was watching a game and every time a guy went behind the net, and he's like, okay, pick it up, pick it up. Okay, pick it up. And now try to jam it. it it's not... It's not a hockey play. I'm sorry. It's a lacrosse goal. It's very skilled. I'll give you that. But I do think they make a rule to to just curb this because it's fun once, it's fun twice, but then when it happens every game or every fifth game, it like you're seeing it all over now. You're seeing it in the AHL, you're seeing it in juniors, you're seeing it in little kids doing it. It's becoming a problem and it needs to st- it needs to stop. I'm just saying that. And I know I'm being a Debbie Downer and Gary Bettman loves this, but I, I do think it, it's, it could like, if I'm David Savard there and I, and I slash his stick and it breaks, I get a two minute penalty. How else am I going to defend that? There, there's no way he's standing behind the net. I'm standing in front. I can't chase him because then that opens up a, a lane to a guy in front of the net. My job is to hold the post. And if he can just tuck his stick in, it's just a very hard play to defend. If I'm a goalie, I can't cover the top corner because then I'm out of position and he's just going to pass it in front. And it goes in the net. I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it's pretty to watch, but it's just, I, I can see it being an issue and them putting a rule in to stop it. But that's just me. All right. A couple more quick hits. Batherson out at least two months. Tough break. Literally tough break for Ottawa. Dell should be ashamed of himself. It's we knew it was going to be a long one. Yeah. It's a bummer. You got any more insight on that? My, my question for that is, and I forgot to ask it the other day, but as I don't know, the game's already over, but in that game, or maybe the next time these two teams play each other, how do you get revenge against the goalie? Cause like you can't, you can't fight them. You can't, you know, throw a, a late hit or something like that. What do you, how does a team get payback against the goalie when they wronged him? Try to throw seven in. You, you really can't yeah. wait till he comes out of the crease, hopefully, and just absolutely bury him like Lucic did with Miller. That's what I would do. If I was oh, a fringe yeah. player, just crush him. I met, I was looking through my phone last night, um, looking for some picture, and I found a screenshot. I forgot I took it, but um, remember when Luong, uh, when the Bruins did their their uh, cup thing last year with like all 20 players are on the zoom together, like retelling stories and stuff. And yeah. they told the story about Lucci grand Miller and, uh, and, and Chris Kelly said, um, yeah, it was basically said the Buffalo Sabres franchise back like 20 years. And then Sean Thornton was like, um, yeah, remember I had to get my face pounded in the year later for that. And I sent <laughs> you that story and you, re- you replied with the Zoolander walking through the tunnel with his, with his pickaxe. <laughs> it was pretty good. I'll tweet it out. <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah that that's it there's a cause and an effect every time you gotta pay the piper all right you know what else i pay the piper with doordash they pay the piper they pay us some bills so we gotta give them some love doordash they're very good at delivering you food that's what they do every single day that's their whole job that's their whole business really they deliver food and we eat food that's what we use to live our life and sustain ourselves it's just the way it works so use doordash get some food they'll deliver right to your door it's a beautiful company promo code gloves dd if you're in canada gloves dd us if you're in the united states of america you'll get some little bonuses you'll get 25 percent off you get free delivery which is great it's like free food the first time i love it tim loves it you will love it too so use doordash use it on your phone fire it up on your computer your tablet wherever you get your internet from use doordash i love them you'll love them too tell them we sent you ding dong ding dong doordash is here nailed it tim what else are we doing uh, i want to check in real quick on the calder trophy watch we got three names in the mix two from detroit we got uh, lucas raymond mo cider and trevor zegris i want to get your take so far who do you like leading the charge for me, I like I like Raymond. Cider's super talented. I love one of my most you know favorite players in the league right now. Trevor Zegers is super excited, but you can't overlook what Luke Raymond is doing with the goal scoring department, with the points. Like the you know he's been such a out of nowhere, and I, not out of nowhere, but like really it's his rookie year. He's doing so well, so um, he's my pick. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think Zegers might be leading the way right now just based on flash and anaheim's been playing really well so if i had to vote i would vote for trevor zegras but the two detroit guys might kind of balance their votes out which which will be a shame if, if you're thinking of a detroit guy you go well i do go raymond do i go mo cider they're both really good players it, it's a shame jeremy swayman got sent down because he would have been right in that mix he was having such a great season he would have been a guy who i potentially would have voted for there's a couple other players michael bunting He's still a rookie. He could get some votes in the Djokovic, another Detroit guy. He's having a good season. So there are a few other guys. Drysdale from Anaheim is playing well too. But I think at this point, it's Trevor Zegras for me. He's just playing well. He's putting up highlight reel goals. And he's only getting better, which is great to see. He's really adjusting well to the NHL speed. 
he's he's a good player. Like he he's a guy who you can build your just franchise around. They're gonna lose Getzlaff. He's gonna be gone soon. You got Trevor Zegras to fill his one C position. And then my goodness, is no one tra- talking about Isaac Lundstrom? Sonny <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. Milano, Mason McTavish. This is a good, good young team. It's a very Drysdale. They have a lot of good young players. Hampus Lindholm is still there. Lundstrom. They got a good team. What? Lundstrom. He's just incredible. He is so good. If he's your third line center, heads up. I'm telling you what. Heads up. Anaheim's a team to watch coming into the playoffs. I'm, I'm serious. They got a good goaltender. They got good defense. Fowler, Manson, Lindholm, Drysdale, Shattenkirk on the third pairing. Good down the middle if Getzlaff can stay healthy. Troy Terry keeps scoring. They have a good, solid team. They work hard. I really like the way Anaheim's built right now. So, And they got some room if they want to make a move at the deadline, pick up some guys. The Pacific is wide open. Absolutely wide open. We'll see how Ico comes back if he plays well for Vegas. But anybody can come out of the Pacific right now the way the way it uh, shakes out right now. Anything else, Tim? You want to drop a points bet on us? Yeah, we got an exciting game tonight. Minnesota versus New York, which, you know, could very well be a Stanley Cup final preview. We don't know how this this is going to shake out. Two powerhouse teams. The Rangers are actually slightly underdogs. They're plus 105. I like those odds. I think, you know, I love Minnesota too, but this team that are pretty evenly matched. If I can get uh, an underdog bet with them, I'm going to do it. So New York Rangers plus 105 tonight. Easy, 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 easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I love it. I hope everybody has a good weekend. You know what you need to do? Go get your tickets for the ASU college game. That'd be great. Advanced tickets are available. It'll be fun. We can all get front row seats and we can just hold hands because it's just going to be, there's going to be so many seats available. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the support. You know what? Go, go and hit the five star on uh, Apple podcast or Google, wherever you get your podcast does us a favor, helps us out a lot. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.